of, of my family. And um, um, this, is, this is one of the close people close by for certain things that if I need advice or I need to just call for something. I mean, he's, he's one of the very few that I'll just call and say, hey, man, what do you think about this? Love him. Um, you guys will never know this, but I'm going to say this publicly because he's here. And I, I, I just want the church to know this and him to know how grateful we are for him. Um, you will never know how much um, he has actually invested into our church. And um, just for his advice, his time, um, what God's gifted him in. And I'm so grateful to, to share uh, um, the pastoral calling with him as he's the, one of the associate pastors at The Way. But also just to do life with him and call him my brother. And we are grateful uh, for Pastor Marlo and for the investment that he has invested in this church. So give him a hand. He deserves it. We love you, man. He has an awesome family. Um, um, Angel loves hugs, but make sure after the service, Pastor Marlo loves hugs, and he wants for you to hug him as well. Amen? Love you, Marlo. Amen. God bless you this morning. I don't know about you, but I get always very uh, uncomfortable with intros, so I, I tend to smile a lot. But it's always great to be here. Uh, it's always an honor to come out and see everybody. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a blessing, honestly, to come and, and see uh, our extended family. Amen? But um, today I just want to share with you a message that, honestly, I shared last week at our church. And um, I just wanted to share it with you guys this morning. And the message is entitled, Keep Calm, We Have a Change of Plans. And um, maybe the, I, I pray to the Lord that the word would speak to you, uh, but it did speak to me because in my life there's always a change of plans. Uh, whether, whether it be a small change of plans or whether it be a monumental change of plans. So before we get into the, to the word, let's, let's uh, bow our heads and, and open up in a word of prayer. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, again for this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, for that time of worship that you allowed us to have. Lord, I come before you this morning asking, Lord, that you would move in, in your power, that you would speak to your people. Lord, I thank you for this privilege, and I ask, Father God, that you would speak through me, that your word, Father God, would reach those that need it this morning, Father God. I give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, and this morning we say amen. So my goal this morning is, is to effectively communicate the clear fact that life rarely goes according to your plans, right? The change of plans may vary in some degrees, whether it be a small change of plans or whether it be a, a monumental change of plans like we heard this morning in the testimony during worship. But at the end of the day, the fact remains that change will happen in your life. I don't know about you, but I, I enjoy spending time with my family and, and I've come to terms with my wife because maybe this happens to you, maybe it's just, my, uh, just me, but I will, in my mind on Fridays, think of a, a great plan of how I'm going to spend my weekend, um, how I, for example, my son plays basketball on Saturdays early in the morning, which he finishes usually around 10 a.m., so two weeks ago, I had planned this awesome plan in my mind. I was like, you know, we're going to Go to the game as a family, watch the game. After 10 o'clock, after the game, we're going to go down to the Cracker Barrel, sit down, have a great uh, country breakfast, and maybe take a, a drive down to the Keys 
and, and just enjoy life as a family, right? So as I'm at the game, and now I'm a coach now because there was no coach, so I, you can only imagine seeing this picture unfold where I am coaching the team, and I see my wife, who's always late to things, with my two girls, and in her hand is a dozen Dunkin' Donuts. And, and for maybe, you know, 30 seconds, I was just staring. You know, you know, husbands, that stare you give your wife? And, and I'm trying to coach, and I'm looking at my wife, and at that moment, I realized that my plan for the day is shot. It's shot. And, and then you, I said to myself, you know, in, in those milliseconds, I said to myself, okay, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, you know, that's, that's not really a breakfast. They'll probably be hungry in an hour. We'll still go to the Cracker Barrel. Only to find out that after the game, when I communicate to my wife my plan, she telling me, no, we have a birthday today. So if you're married today, I encourage communication, number one. But th that's my life. It never, it never fails. Every plan that I have, whether it be on a Saturday, whether it be to go on vacation, and I'm not here to blame my wife, but the, the Lord uses my wife to change my plans. But, you know, you know, maybe this morning you were expecting to retire from that job, and now you have to find an alternative to provide for your family. There, there's been a change of plans. Maybe, you, maybe you, you plan to have two beautiful kids and to be married with your soulmate for 40 years, but now your spouse has left you. And now you're faced to what to do next. There's been a change of plans. You saw yourself living a healthy, fruitful life, traveling the world, but you were just recently diagnosed with a disease. Now faced with the unexpected diagnosis, there's, there's been a change of plans. You see, however, we as believers, and I communicate this to you, what if we as believers took a different approach, a different point of view? And planned for the unexpected change. You see, we need to recognize that in the midst of the changing of our plans, God is trying to reveal to us his perfect plan for you. And this morning, I hope that's what you understand from this preaching this morning, that when change of plans comes and affects your life, take it as an opportunity because God is trying to change your plans according to his plans. Any OCD planners? Any OCD people in the house? Okay. Any non-planners? Okay, wow, that's a lot. Well, change of plans usually doesn't affect you people, right? Because you just go with the flow. But I, I'm an OCD person just in general. I, I mean, just to give you a little snapshot of how crazy I am, my refrigerator is like, if you've ever seen MTV Cribs, which is all fake, of course, but... When you open that refrigerator, everything is lined up, alphabetically ordered, color-coded. I'm not to that extent, but everything is lined up. Everything is in a certain section. And, you know, the Lord deals with me with my wife and my kids, reorganize stuff, and I'm trying to put it in there. And I'm in the same way when it comes to planning. When, when I want to plan something, I, I look in the future what the weather is going to be, you know, what hotel is the cheapest, what hotel is the, the best located, you know. That's just OCD Marlowe. But um, it's amazing because 
for the non-planners, you know, God loves you just like the OCD planners. God's going to change our life. God's going to change our plans. So this morning, before I get into the message, I just want to show a, a very quick video that I think will communicate change of plans. I am never getting married. Never. Guaranteed. You picked a beautiful ring. Thank you. We're never having kids. Hello, the air. We are never moving to the suburbs. We are never getting one of those. We're never having another kid. I'm pregnant. I'm never letting go. For all the nevers in life, State Farm is there. Just a full disclosure, I don't work for State Farm, but I thought it was a fantastic commercial. And, uh, you know, you can see that he keeps on saying, this is not going to change, I'm not going to do this, and it just keeps on changing. But at the end, what did he say? I would never have it any other way. And that's the way that we have to realize it. That though in the midst of our change of plans, it may be chaotic. Let's be real. It may suck. But the end will always be better. It will always be better. So this morning, the scripture, the preaching will basically be coming out of Luke chapter 1. Every time I say Luke, I think of Star Wars, so just bear with me. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. And usually this scripture is, is usually shared during Christmas, but I, I felt that this scripture would uh, communicate what I want to share this morning. And if you turn to your Bible, it might be up here um, on the screen. It's entitled, Christ's Birth Announced to Mary. In verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, <clears throat> Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. If you have a Bible, circle that, underline that. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Circled out, favor, found favor. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call, call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Underline that. How can this be? Since I don't know a man. Slight problem. And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. With God, nothing will be impossible. Lastly, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Just a couple of things, there was a lot of scripture. When the angel appeared to Mary and told her you were going to give birth, and she was a virgin, 
It says the Bible, the Bible says she was troubled. <clears throat> Many times our plans will be, will be changed and we will be troubled. In verse 34, it says that Mary said, how can this be? When our plans are, are, are changed, it's okay to say, how can this be? Sometimes we as Christians, we talk to other Christians, and, and, and when these change of plans affect our lives, we tell each other, we think that we cannot say, how can this be? Understand this morning, it's normal to say, how can this be? Why is this happening? Why is this change of plans happening to me? And in verse 38, something that's just awesome. Mary hearing all this, noise, all this news, her, her change of plans happening before her, she has a choice to make. She could say, you know what, angel, thank you for coming, but I don't really want this news. I don't care for this news. Find somebody else. She could have easily said that. But what does she say in verse 38? Let it be to me according to your word. Understand this morning that when you have a change of plans, you have a choice. You have a choice to accept those plans and to praise the Lord and to trust the Lord and to seek the Lord. Or you have a choice to get upset at the Lord and get upset at the world and, and, and just to, to ponder why, why, why and never get out of the why and see God's hand in your life. You see, life springs many surprises that will ruin our carefully laid out plans. Every one of us in this room have plans. We all have plans. How our life is going to be, how our life is going to turn out, the job I want, the house I want, where I want to live, how my spouse is going to look, how my children are going to look, what they're going to do when they get up. We all have plans. They all have plans. We all have plans. But this morning we have to understand that how awesome those plans may be to you, God's going to change them. God's going to change them, and they're always going to be for the better. But this morning, I want to focus on Mary. And sometimes when we read this scripture, we, we focus on, obviously, the Messiah, Jesus here. But I want to focus on Mary. Because if you recall, she was planning to get married. She was planning to get married, and all of a sudden, this angel appears to her and doesn't say you're going to have a great marriage. It says... You have never been with a man, and you're going to be pregnant. You know, how many married women are here this morning? Anybody? Okay. Um, I can tell you because I'm married, and when I proposed to my wife, the first thing she did after she called all her friends, all her girlfriends, like, oh, my God, I got married, was to go to the Barnes & Nobles or to the wedding store and buy what? The wedding book. Oh, yeah, that special huge Binder that tells you where to go, how to do it, what's in, what's out. You know, you could put like little pictures and collages and colors and all that stuff. I can only imagine Mary was doing the same thing. You think wedding planners, you know, were just inventing? No, they had them back there. It was just in parchment paper. And I can only imagine her, I can only imagine her in her house sitting there with her girlfriend saying, oh my gosh, we have to find the banquet hall. What color, what dress am I going to make? I got to buy, I got to find a sheep and like, you know, create this, this dress for me. Let's be real. She was making plans to get married, right? Obviously, I'm adding a lot of things, but 
The fact is that she was planning to get married. She hadn't even known a man yet. And boom, she's pregnant. You see, while Mary was planning to marry Joseph, God was planning to save the world through Jesus. We all have our plans, and those plans may be awesome. But when God brings the change of plans in your life, there's a better plan. There's something better, bigger going on. You're not going to understand it, but God's in control, and that's what you need to understand this morning. The fact is that Mary had an important decision to make with this huge change in her plans. Just like Mary, we too have a decision to make when there's a change in our plans. We must decide whether or not we will see God's purpose in the change. Proverbs 16.9 says, in, his, in the heart of a man, sorry, in his heart a man plans his course. But the Lord determines his steps. It's right there. There it is. You can plan all you want. You can write in your journal as much as you want. But though you think you have the power in the pen, and though you think you have the the power in your mind of the plans you are laying out for yourself, look what the author of creation is saying. But the Lord determines his steps. Listen, don't get me wrong. It is fantastic. It is great. It is normal for you to make plans. But just understand that you're not the driver of your plans. So this morning, what do you do when life makes an unannounced change in your itinerary? What do you do? How do you, how do you react? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and what? He shall direct your paths. This morning we heard a great testimony. Listen, it was normal for her to cry. It was normal for her to maybe question, how did this happen so fast? But listen, she did the best thing that she could ever do, and that was to praise and to seek the Lord. Because when change of plans happens in our life, when we lose somebody, when we're diagnosed with a disease, when we are are faced with a spouse cheating and leaving us, listen, there is no person that will be able to console you, to give you the advice that you so desperately seek. There is only one, and that is Jesus Christ. It's only him. You know, uh, obviously everybody has faced a change of plans, but this morning I just want to give you some perspective of my life. And uh, my, my wife has... I mean, I, I, you know, every time I come and preach, for some reason, my family can't come. And, and I pray to God one day they'll be able to come so you guys can meet them. But my wife has been surrounded. And f- when I really think about it, her life has always been faced with a change of plans. And a few years ago, she lost her brother to brain cancer at the age of 29. Uh, during the midst of that situation, his wife left him. One of her brothers is, has been Baker acted maybe 20 times. 
Um, the other younger brother has had uh, alcoholic and drug addiction, divorce with his wife. And in all this chaos, because there's no other word to say it but chaos, she's had her times. Don't get me wrong. She's had her times just because we are. We are what? We're not. We're this. And, and, and we're going to have moments where we say, God, what the hell is going on? I can't take this anymore. And she's had moments where she's had to make a decision. Listen, Lord, I'm going to continue to seek you. I'm going to continue to praise you. I'm going to continue to serve you. Or she could easily left me. She could have easily left her kids. And she could have easily left the Lord and said, listen, I'm sorry. I don't want this garbage. But she's been able to see the bigger picture. By allowing herself to praise and to seek the Lord, she's allowed the Lord to really move in her life and be a blessing to others in the same situations. But on a lighter note, I will never forget it. I have great memories of Disney World, and it never fails that Disney World always has a change of plans for me. And I'll never forget that I was staying at the Double Tree there by downtown Disney, and I was laying in bed with my two young girls, Emma and Haley, I think they were at the age of, I don't know, I'm just throwing out a number here, uh, maybe four and two. They're pretty close together. And I'll never forget, I was sleeping, but not sleeping, if you know what I mean. I mean, just laying my head down with my two girls, just enjoying that moment. And my wife is in the bathroom, and the, the bathroom area was open. And I'll never forget it. She says, oh, my God. And I'm like, you know. You can imagine yourself sleeping and, what's going on? Are you okay? I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I couldn't, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't sure if it was a dream or, you know, subconsciously, what was going on. I said, what? She goes, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. And, and, and you know, like, you jump out of bed, not completely out of bed, but you just spring up. And I looked at her, and she's looking at me, you know, those, you know, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about, that, that surprise. And I said, all right. <laughs> what else could I say, right? All right. Having two young kids, and now another one, another wife pregnant, all those emotions that come with it. I said, all right. Crazy, crazy nine months, crazy. But like that commercial said, I wouldn't have it any other way. Change of plans. Listen, nobody likes change of plans, especially when it hits you in the face and you, got, you, you can't even punch back. But if you step back and you realize what's going on, it's always going to be better. Now, don't get me wrong, I wish, I, I, like Mary, I wish an angel would appear to me right before the change and, like, give me some comfort, but that's never happened to me. I don't know about you guys, but um, yeah, I would appreciate if the Lord could do that, but I, I, I haven't had any success in that. But this morning, I want to give three perspectives that we as believers must remember when faced with a change of plans. Number one, you must plan for the interruption. Plan for the interruption. The interruption is going to happen. If you work for a big company, 
there is called the business continuity plan. And this plan, all these big companies must have that if something were to happen, catastrophic, or if the company were to burn, or if you were not able to come and do business, this plan, this plan B would take effect. You see, all these big companies, all the, the governments, they, they plan for the interruption. We too must plan for the interruption. The Bible tells us we are not the ones that are in control, but God. And God's in the business of changing our plans because his plans and his ways are greater and better. You see, Mary getting pregnant before marriage would count as a major interruption to both Joseph and Mary's life as well as the plans they had for them. Many of the greatest invitations on in our lives will come in the form of interruptions. If you took a couple of seconds and just reevaluated your life, those change of plans, those interruptions, I would almost with 100% tell you or ask you, they've always been better, right? It's been chaotic in the moment. It sucked during that time. But look at where you are now. Are you better? As believers, it is vital to recognize that these interruptions are designed to make us flexible to God's perfect agenda. If we plan for the interruption, we will treat it like an opportunity that it is. Understand that God has a divine purpose in the midst of your change of plans. Let me repeat that. Understand that God has a divine purpose in the midst of the changing of your plans. Dealing with a change in plans requires us to have God's thoughts in focus. Listen, let's be real. We live our life. We go to our jobs. We do our daily routines. We have our family. We have our spouses. We have our kids. We sometimes forget that this life is just temporary. That you've been called to evangelize and to reach out. But sometimes we get used to the routine and we believe and we accept that this life is all about going to work and making the money and spending time with our family and going on vacation. And understand that's, that's great, but that's not your primary goal and that's not your primary focus in life. It's to expand the kingdom of God. And understand that when God brings changes in our life, that's what the goal is in mind. It's to expand the kingdom. It's to use, God, it's to use you in the midst of they, that, that change of plans for God's glory, for God's benefit. We too will benefit from it. But we're secondary in the benefit. God's the primary. Number two, plan for the inconvenience. Those women who have given birth and have held a baby in a womb for nine months, it's uncomfortable, right? It's inconvenient. I, I can't tell you I know what it is to be pregnant, even though I supported my wife in gaining weight. That's all I know. But it's inconvenient. <clears throat> Imagine Mary. And just to give you some more color of what's going on in this scripture, there was a census going on. And I can only imagine Mary, okay? 
pregnant, having to go back to Bethlehem for the census. And her not riding a nice car, but riding a donkey. Can you imagine, a, can you imagine yourself pregnant, women? Riding on a donkey? I remember my wife in her third trimester. I don't know what it is. If, if, I mean, guys, if, you, if you're not married and you haven't had a kid, get ready. Get ready. If you have, you, you can understand what I'm saying. But when the women get into their third trimester, all they have in their mind is get this child out of me. Get it out. They're super hot. They're super cranky. Nothing fits them. They're uncomfortable. And I can imagine my, I mean, I can imagine, I know when, when I would go out with my wife in the car, a comfortable car with smooth roads, with AC, her complaining, the seatbelt, the seats, are we almost there? Can you imagine Mary on a donkey, how inconvenient that was? Even more, even, even more. Do you know what it is for Mary never to know, not knowing a husband, being pregnant in that small town? All those people talking about her? All those evil eye looks? I mean, let's be real, church. We got people that come into our church. We know their business. And we're, we give them the faces. When we're supposed to be loving them. That's another message, but... Can you imagine Mary, you know, walking... In the town, and everybody just talking? How about Joseph? We forget about that. We understand that there was a bigger plan, right? Jesus, the Messiah, but we forget that Mary had to endure. There was a big change of plans in her life. There was big inconvenience. And even more, do you know where it is for a pregnant woman to get into town, to Bethlehem, and all she wants is a bed? All she wants is to take a shower, and she gets into town, and you know what they hear and what they tell them? Sorry, we got no room for you. Everything is, everything is packed. And I feel for Joseph, because you know what it is for Joseph to come and face his wife and tell him, babe, I know you just rode on a donkey, but I got worse news. I got no place for us. I'm assuming Mary there started speaking in tongues to... to <laughs> to hold herself back, but the only place that she was able to find was, was a barn, nasty barn. What if I told you, women, listen, you're not going to give birth in a nice little suite at Baptist Hospital, but you're going to give birth in the back here behind the building next to the garbage dump. I think everybody can agree that that's pretty inconvenient. But I want to go back in verse 38 where it says, Mary says, let it be to me according to your word. Listen, Mary knew it was going to be inconvenient. Mary knew that this change of plans was going to alter her life in some fashion. And what's amazing that in the, in the Bible, we don't see Mary complain. We don't see Mary screaming at her husband. We don't see that in the Bible. We just see a woman Doing what she needed to do so that the change of plans could manifest itself. Let's be real. When change of plans comes to our life, it's inconvenient. And we tell everybody about our inconvenience. I'll tell my wife, listen, babe, you ruined my day. You ruined my plans. 
then I have to say I'm sorry. Listen, let's be real. Plan, change of plans is inconvenient. Whether it be small or whether it be big, it's inconvenient. But in the midst of that inconvenience, listen, we've got to see the bigger picture. We've got to see that God's in control, that God's plans are better, will always be better. The quicker we accept it, the quicker and the better our life is going to be. It is important to recognize by the way that Jesus came into the world that in order to see God work in big ways, we will often have to face great personal inconvenience. Listen, look at the way the Lord came. He, was, he too was severely inconvenienced, right? I don't know about, but the King of Kings and Lord of Lords could have easily come in with, you know, floating, all styled up with, 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 a, with a crown, with angels around him, right? He could have even said, listen, I'm here. But no, how did he come into this world? How was he treated? The thing is, is that we forget that if our Messiah did all these things, had all these change of plans, suffered so much, we for some reason think that we're like much special. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we forget that our lives too are going to go through the same, the same way. And the fact is, is that that's, that's never going to happen. Number three, plan for the imperfection. We are in a society in a day of age where everybody wants perfection. Instagram, Facebook, media, TV. If you don't look perfect, if you're not perfect, you suck. You're, you're garbage. You're not worthy. You know, my wife is a teacher at, at, a, at, a, Christian universe, uh, at a Christian high school. And I'm blown away at how the Lord has used her to minister to these young women who feel that they need to be perfect in every way, mentally, physically. And it, and it starts at a young age where they're taught, not by their parents, but by society, that they need to be perfect. And what happens is that they create these perfect plans in their minds. That, this, that their future spouse is going to be perfect and look this way and he's going to treat me like this. And he's going to do all these things for me. And the fact is, is that we are all imperfect people. So how is it that our plans are going to be perfect? There is only one that is perfect, and his name is Jesus. We as people in general, whether man or woman, have these perfect plans, and we assume that this is how our lives will turn out. I don't know about you, but the only perfect plans and the perfect ends, uh, you know, beautiful end stories I've ever seen is in the movies. And that's where it's going to stay, in the movies. Listen, I've been married on March 29th, uh, 13 years. I praise God for those 13 years. And I, praise, and I pray to the Lord for another 50 years. But my wife is not perfect, and I'm not perfect. Marriage is not perfect. 
I pray for my kids that they will grow up and serve the Lord and seek after the Lord and be used by the Lord. But this life is not perfect. We serve a perfect Savior. And our eyes need to stay and remain on that perfect Savior. But we cannot pray for perfect plans. We cannot pray for perfect marriages. We cannot pray for perfect children. Because the reality is, that does not exist. We need to pray for marriages that seek after the Lord. We need to pray for our children that they will never depart from the Lord, that their eyes will be placed on the earth, on on the Lord. Not that they will live perfect lives. That when they get married, that they wouldn't have, they wouldn't uh, get married to perfect spouses, but that they would get married to the spouse that God has for them. You see, it's in the manner that we see things, in the manner that we that we understand that there is no such thing as perfection except the Lord. And our prayer must be guided in that fashion. Mary may have seen perfection in her original plans. But when Jesus alters our plans, it may be inconvenient for a while. But his perfection always comes through. Listen, this last week I've, I've I've been faced with two close people who have lost one lost his father, and another one lost her, her husband. That's, that's a change of plans. That, that's, that's inconvenience. In today's terms, I would tell you, that sucks, right? But one thing is evident in both their lives. Though it's inconvenient, and though it's been a catastrophic change of plans and though they may have an emptiness they're seeking the Lord and they're praising the Lord and the Lord is using them in this situation maybe this morning you are, an exper- you are experiencing an interruption in your plans or being, or being severely inconvenienced I want to leave you with this promise as I close. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 13, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. If you could put the whole scripture, 11 through 13, up there if you can. It's one of my favorite verses. And it wasn't until this preaching that I only saw certain parts of this verse. Promises from the Lord. Where he says, plans for welfare and not for calamity. Amen? Hallelujah. To give me a future and a what? And a hope. And it says, then I will call upon him and what? He will listen to me. See, that's awesome. But this morning I want to focus on the beginning. 
which I think is the most important thing. For I know the plans. That's amazing. Because it doesn't say Marlo knows the plans or my wife knows the plans for me or the pastors of this church know the plans for me. No, but the Creator knows the plans for me. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords knows the plans He has for me. And this morning, whatever you're going through, whatever change of plans you have experienced or are going to experience, listen, run to that this morning. Run to that, that you're King of Kings, that you're Messiah, that the Alpha and Omega, the one that created you, the one that died for you, he knows the plans that he has for you. If I could drop the microphone right now, I would do it. Listen, what more do we need? Realize which, what you already know. That change of plans are severely inconvenient. That in the midst of the changing of plans, like the two people I mentioned, they don't know why their father died. They don't know why their husband passed away, but besides that they got sick. They don't, they don't understand why they were young. They saw themselves together for another 30 or 10 years. Why did it happen so quickly? Nobody knows except God. God knows. God knows. The Bible is full of these stories. Moses, Prince of Egypt, understands, realizes that he's not an Egyptian. He's tending sheep. The Lord speaks to him. I can only imagine Moses being happy with tending sheep for the rest of his life in the desert. He was comfortable with that. I believe that he had accepted that for his life. Until one day the Lord speaks to him and says, no, I got better plans for you. I got a change of plans. You're going to go back. I'm going to use you to take my people out of Israel. I mean, out of Egypt. Saul of Tarsus, listen, a Roman citizen groomed to become the Jewish chief priest. He was happy killing the Christians. He was happy because he, he, was, he was doing what he felt and what he thought was right. How, how could this new religion come and, and take away the true religion? Until one day he had an encounter with Jesus. God changed his plans. Jesus changed his name to Paul, one of the greatest disciples. Job, a blameless and upright man, lost in one day everything he ever had. Change of plans. But not one day did he get upset at the Lord. But he praised and understood that God had a plan in the midst. And the Lord returned to him two times as much as before. Satan, 
Satan thought that when Jesus was on that cross and he had died, that was it, that he had won. But praise God that Jesus had a change of plans. That three days later, what happened? He rose, took the keys of Hades, and seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? God's in the business of changing your plans. You. You. Living a life of sin. Whatever that may have been. Addiction. Living a life of the world until one day what? God came and you had an encounter with him. And he changed your plans. He changed who you were into who you are today. God's in the business of changing your plans. And this morning as we stand, as I finish, this morning, instead of, instead of trusting in your own plans, trust in Jesus who destroyed Satan's plan and saved you. God tells us, and I tell you, he knows the plans that he has for you. Don't let the pain distract you from God's purpose. Just because your plan has changed, don't think your destiny has changed. Just because your plan has changed, don't think he's changed his mind on you. He loves you. He's called you by name. He's going to use you. And even when our plans change, God's promises still remain no matter what happens no matter what happens Amen God bless you this morning